Welcome to Own Your Career, Own Your Future, a Schneider Electric podcast where industry experts across different fields from around the world share on trending topics, insights and career advice on how the next generation can contribute to creating a more digital and sustainable world. This show aims to be a trusted voice for students and early careers who are looking to kickstart or advance their career with Schneider Electric or in related industries. Welcome to the first episode of Own Your Career, Own Your Future podcast. My name is Katie, and together with my co-hosts, Moen and Tanya, we are so excited that you have joined us on our brand new podcast series, where we're going to discuss everything from finding a new job to what a career in sustainability really looks like, as well as the future of work and tips and tricks for students just starting out and people that have been well into their career as well. In this series, we'll have guest speakers from all over Schneider Electric, from different regions and parts of our organization, sharing their perspectives and advice. And also, of course, we're going to have some fun along the way. (laughs) So with every episode, we really hope that we are going to be able to share something that's just going to be useful and encourage you in your own unique career. So with that said, We should get this show on the road. So there's no better place to start than a round of introductions. And as I mentioned, my name is Katie. I am from St. Louis, Missouri in the United States. And honestly, it's kind of funny. I feel like I fell into a career with Schneider Electric, but then quickly started walking with intention once I realized how incredible this company was and the amazing opportunity that I truly fell into. I have been with Schneider Electric for going on almost 10 years. I started in the services department and then now I'm a project manager and (laughs) project management definitely keeps you on your toes. Every day is kind of a new adventure and I love it. So a fun fact that you should definitely know about me because I know you're going to hear about it in the coming episodes is that my husband is also an employee with Schneider Electric. He is a field tech for our services department and he loves it. He has a totally different work environment than me. He is always on the road, go, go, go atmosphere, whereas I am behind my computer all the time, which we love it. We have great stories that we share at dinner time together about our different roles. So Tanya, what about you? It seems like Shire Electric is a huge, but also a very beautiful part of your life. Well, my name's Tanya in case that wasn't said before. And I'm from Hong Kong. I started my career at Schneider in the fall of last year. So it's only been 10 months for me. I started in the middle of a pandemic as a global marketing trainee. And I work very closely with the global communications teams on projects related to public relations, customer success marketing, and thought leadership. When I'm not at work, I like to spend my time outdoors, hiking or kayaking. But really on some days, I like to stay cooped up at home with a warm cup of tea and a little crochet project going. Or I'm trying to grow a mini herb garden at home, which isn't faring so well for me, if I'm being completely honest. Moen, what about you? Yeah, so my name is Moen Khalid, and I'm from India and from a city called Bangalore. 
and I have been a part of Schneider Electric, which is also my first job. It's almost two years since I've been a part of Schneider Electric. Coincidentally, next month is my two-year work anniversary. I started out as a learning services executive and I'm currently as a PMO support for Commercial Excellence Academy. I know these are a lot of jargon when I say learning services executive. So basically what I do is that I take care of the learning requirements of our stakeholders and ensure proper delivery of trainings. And a fun fact about me is that I absolutely love traveling to different places and I just love collecting things and souvenirs from the places I travel. So I like have a big collection of a lot of things which I've collected from the places I visited. So if you ever want to see my collection, you can just come to my place or if you want a travel buddy, I'm always available. Gosh, I love that, guys. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be doing this with each of you. We come from such different, diverse backgrounds, and we're doing this podcast together, which is so exciting. So who's down for like a little game since this is our first episode? Let's do it. All right. We're going to play this or that. So this is just going to help our listeners get to know you guys a little bit better. So introverted or extroverted? I'm extroverted for sure. I mean, I think I'm somewhere in between. You can add an ambi word there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And I am extroverted as well. (laughs) Okay. Road trip or flying? Road trip for sure. I used to take them all the time with my dad growing up. So fun. Yeah, I think road trip's the same for me as well. Guys, I feel like because I live in Missouri and I'm constantly having to drive far, I am totally a flying person. Get me on the <laughs> plane, get me to the beach where I want to go. <laughs> so last question, Apple or Android? If I'm being honest, I haven't really bought an Android product since 2008. So Apple all the way. Sorry, guys. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I just got an Apple phone, uh, but I'm just like, I'm very technologically challenged and it's very difficult for me to navigate. So I'm learning, but I also miss Android. So it's a very difficult to say what I want, but I would go with Android. Owen, I don't know if you can be on this podcast anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am definitely Apple all the way, <laughs> but Android is where I am technology very challenged. So I can help you with Apple Moen anytime. (laughs) All right. So that was a bit of fun. We should probably move on to the main topic today. I'm so excited to hear more. So today we're going to chat about growing your career in tech and sharing some examples where companies like Schneider are leveraging AI, ML, and analytics and why these skills are super important for the future. Yeah, another fact about me is that I also have an engineering degree in electronics itself, but it's altogether a different story that I'm doing something entirely different. But I think it would be great to revisit the tech world again and to see what's trending. Yes, I completely agree with Moen. I'm really excited to learn about the trending topics in the tech world. So what's really interesting about our business model is that we want to be the most local of global companies out there and in any country that we operate in. Our philosophy is multi-local and our operating model supports this ambition. Our multi-hub strategy splits our headquarters across four separate hubs. We have France for Europe, Hong Kong for Asia, Boston for North America, and most recently, India, which is what this podcast episode is about. We believe that it helps to attract and retain the best talent from around the world to create the most diverse leadership teams 
with true multi-market knowledge and cultural awareness at their disposal. We empower people through decentralized decision-making close to the markets and the customers that we work with, being a strong enabler for regional hubs of innovation and collaboration. With this model, employees and leaders are really empowered to make decisions that benefit the local community as well. And that said, Today's episode will be featuring some special guests from our India Hub. For the next half an hour or so, we're going to hear from our leaders in India about accelerating the digital transformation of the energy sector by harnessing artificial intelligence. Mohan, would you like to do the honors? I certainly would. So today I would like to give a warm welcome to Saket Agarwal and Madhu Hasadurga. So both of them are vice presidents, in short, what we call them as VPs. But in today's session, they are our VIPs. So how are you both doing today? Wow, super excited. We have uh, just begun this new journey on AI technology within Stratter Electric. So it's a great opportunity to share the vision and plan and what exactly we are doing around it. Oh, you seem to be very excited, Saket. And Madhu, how are you? I hope the vibe resonates with you. Yeah, absolutely, Moin. I mean, first of all, it's it's a fantastic day here in Boston, sunny morning. And absolutely thrilled to share, you know, our perspectives to the world on AI, mm-hmm. especially. And really looking forward for the discussion. Uh, it's great to have you here and thank you so much for doing this. So as Tanya just mentioned, India is one of the four global hubs and we are excited that you're joining us because there is a big focus on our India location now when it comes to the future of our organization as it is quickly becoming a key destination for tech talent. Okay, So can you just share a bit about what is happening in the field of AI and you know machine learning in India? Let's understand AI is not new for Schneider We have been working on AI-related technology, both for internal efficiency and external offering for quite some time. However, now there is a, you know, this has become a focus area and we have a three years roadmap to make Snyder Electric a true AI organization. Initiative is, uh, you know, uh, led by our chief AI officer, Philip Rambaj. And this AI hub is a centralized organization to execute this vision. And this is a truly distributed global organization between three locations, France, US, and India. And the way we are trying to set up this organization is the leadership and the execution is distributed between these three locations. So you're not looking at the kind of setup where you have the leadership in one location and execution in another. It's a truly global setup that we are aspired to build. Madhu, do you have any interesting facts and figures you can share with us around this? Sure, sure. In a moment, if you're asking me what's happening in the field of AI and ML in India, well, I got to say it's creating a lot of jobs, right? So that's the first thing comes to my mind. And secondly, mm-hmm. uh, definitely there is a, a huge uh, scarcity of these skills mm-hmm. because of many different factors. One is, you know, most of it is now driven by the pandemic we had. So companies are looking at ways to thrive back into the business, optimize what they were doing and be able to compete. And also Bangalore being a kind of you know, startup hub, there is a huge investment uh, coming in this place to uh, invest into the AI skills. So obviously that that has created a lot of demand for sure, right? Now, if you're asking uh, what's happening within Schneider, 
See, Schneider has embarked on, as, as Sakit rightly said, while we have been doing AI for many years under industry automation space, but recently we kind of, you know, have made this a very, very strategic initiative with a, an ambition and an aspiration to transform not just as an organization, also the manufacturing sector, right? So mm-hmm. put together, it's, yeah. it's an exciting time for us here in India when it comes to AI ML skills. And also one more thing, right, is for Schneider, India is one of the four hubs, not just for AI ML, but also for, in general, Schneider Electric as an organization, India is one of the major hub because it's, it's one of the major revenue contributor as well. So most of our IT staff is here, many of our business staff is here. So now we would like to leverage that ecosystem and build a strong competency in India as well. Well, first of all, thank you, Sakit and Madhu, for joining us. I feel so honored to have you on this very first episode of our podcast. So with that said, Schneider Electric India has become such a hub for talent and innovation and manufacturing. And it's so exciting to learn that we are setting up an AI hub in India. So can you shed some additional light on the hub itself? So uh, let's understand that, you know, why we are setting up AI hub in India. India is already a very, very important destination uh, for Schneider Electric. We have a sizable presence, both in terms of manufacturing and digital. We have a huge R&D base right here in India, in Bangalore. And it's a key talent hub for us. And let's also understand that Schneider doesn't look India just from the cost arbitrage perspective, but is it a true destination for a value generation? A lot of key activity happens out of India. You know, the, what we have been able to deliver and add to Schneider in the past uh, has obviously resulted into making India as a key component of AI hub. We are probably expecting a lot of work coming out of from India, both in terms of setting the vision, building the end-to-end solution, right from solution strategizing to implementation and so on. So it's going to be a truly global hub when it comes to execution of the AI and data science-driven projects right from India. Yes. Yes. Thank you for giving the additional insight. I completely agree with what Saket said. For us, India is an ecosystem and talent is a big part of that. And most of the Bangalore talent kind of caters to many other countries as well. And again, you know, when we started this uh, AI vision, kind of, you know, uh, the new vision, which we started last year, one of the objective was to integrate, you know, AI competency along with other ecosystem like you know R&D, you know the business function, the local sales and stuff like that. So obviously India was you know one of the obvious choice for us to build this competency. And again, you know let's accept also the fact that there is probably one place in the world where you can get these talents more in number is Bangalore. Having said this, we are building competency across all the four hubs of uh, Schneider Electric while we are able to get more talent in Bangalore. So the numbers are growing, but we are open to hire talent across the world. That's very good to know that this is an opportunity for people globally, not just in India. So that's such a great takeaway. Thank you. I couldn't agree with you more on that, Katie. And I really love the fact that we're putting in all this effort to really make it a global program. But I kind of want to touch back and really 
understand it from our audience's perspective about how Schneider Electric, which is an organization that's traditionally perceived as an engineering company, is leveraging these technologies, especially AI and ML. And I would love for you to shed light on a few examples or real life projects that we've taken on, especially where these technologies are being leveraged for the greater good. So Madhu, why don't you start this time around? Sure. Uh, thank you, Tanya. Now, first of all, I mean, we all need to understand the fact that, you know, there's no point in doing AI for AI. AI should be for engineering, right? So from that perspective, you know, while we are an engineering company, we are very well positioned to apply AI in everything what we do. In fact, actually, if you really look at Schneider Electric as an organization, we are leaders in the industry automation, right? So when we talk about automation, there is an AI in it. We are leaders in the energy management. And if you really look at today, one thing which is really trending is energy and, and more so in the automobile industry and everywhere uh, with renewables, with uh, electrical mobility, so on and so forth. So we are definitely a company which is more futuristic, right? And thirdly, we are leaders in enabling sustainability for our planet. Again, when we talk about sustainability, one of the facets of it is definitely optimization. And when we talk about optimization, predictability is the key to it. And AI is the way to predict, right? So in my view, while we are an engineering company, I think we are the one who would be in the forefront to apply AI for ourselves as well as for our uh, customers. It was really interesting. You said that we're not just doing it for ourselves, we're doing it for our customers as well. And Saket, I'd love to know your perspective on this. Yep. So I, I kind of agree with what Madhu just spoke about. You know, Schneider is an engineering organization, but we do need to realize that we do have a lot of footprint in our software services. Ecostructure is a great example. And a large portion of our uh, revenue do come from the software services. So, you know, our focus is now to make those services a lot more smarter by applying AI. Some of the area that we are working from the AI perspective is, uh, you know, building automation, factory automation, both our own factories as well as the factory of our customers. Some of the internal efficiency we are trying to gain and the use cases that we are working on around the financial forecasting, credit risk management, uh, digital customer relationship. If you see the kind of problem statement that our team is working on at this point of time is quite vast, quite interesting and quite challenging. And then just to add to that, Tanya, I mean, if you really look at many consulting so-called technical companies today, end of the day, they end up working with customers like us, right? Because, you know, they are trying to solve problems of their customers. So from that sense, I think, you know, we are probably the end consumers of AI. So we are really, really well positioned to apply AI in everything what we do. Yeah. And since, you know, AI machine learning is at the center of our discussion today and as per various employment reports, India is seeing an upsurge in recruitment of in the fields of AI machine learning and analytics, you know. And in India, there's a saying that every third person is an engineer and the place where I live in Bangalore, like they're everywhere. <laughs> so what is driving this shift and how does it impact the overall talent landscape? So see, in my view, uh, I think I mentioned earlier as well there is definitely a, a surge in the demand for these skills, which is kind of led by, you know, the topics I mentioned, like, you know, the startup ecosystem, the pandemic itself, which uh, draw a lot of uh, automation initiatives. 
and also the appetite for uh, being sustainable and an ever-demanding customer, so on and so forth. So, so in general, companies are really looking at ways to optimize what they do and gain some competitive advantage. So obviously, mm-hmm. the only hope, at least, you know, which is like real easy AI today. With this hope, obviously, every company is trying to build this competency, which is definitely driving demand in the market. On the other side, you know, the supply itself is a problem. This is a new skill and also kind of, you know, the technology is changing every day, evolving every day. So obviously, there is a not enough talent in the market which can cater to this demand. See, having said that, you know, place like Bangalore, which uh, has a huge information technology professionals, it's kind of, you know, very organic for them to kind of pick up the skills and, and kind of, you know, get trained or whatever and get into this new career path, right? So that's kind of, you know, what is really happening in terms of the shift as well as how it's kind of being addressed. But it is a problem. Today, we are kind of facing a huge challenge in terms of availability of the skills. Well, obviously, I kind of agree with the upsurge, et cetera, et cetera. But I have been in the software engineering for over two decades, maybe around 27 years to be precise. Oh, that's and, a long time, actually. <laughs> yep, and probably hiring good talent was never easy, whether it was a web development, mobile development, cloud development, and the same continues when it comes to AI and data science. You know, in fact, I agree that AI and data science both are slightly more complex technology because we are working with data, we are working a lot more uncertainty, etc., etc. when it comes to become a problem solving. So obviously, you know, there is a short supply or rather the demand out strip the supply of talent pool. But, you know, hiring was never or finding the right talent, helping them, mentoring them, growing them, managing mm-hmm. it, retaining them was never easy, right? So uh, the, the world has not drastically changed. It has been always like this when you want to get the best attracted to your organization. Obviously, some of the things which are in our favor is uh, the kind of complex work we have lined up of our own organization. That will give a huge opportunity for anybody who joins our organization to learn, to grow, to experiment with different things, different kind of data. I have worked, uh, you know, on a couple of organizations already on data science. And I know that, you know, the availability of the data itself is the biggest challenge to make any AI successful. And we have certainly crossed that problem. We do have our very well-matured data lake. So I think the kind of opportunity we have, once people start understanding that in the industry, we will have a much comfortable position to attract and grow and mentor those. And obviously, we are also partnering with third-party organization, having our own internal training programs, etc. in place to ensure that the people who we are able to attract, we are able to mentor and support and grow them within the organization. Amazing, Saka. Thank you so much. Yeah, the biggest takeaway would be just the growth, being wanting to dive into a career in AI and in machine learning and being willing to grow with the digital transformation, right? So these are such big buzzwords, AI, ML, digital transformation, sustainability, optimization, yet so many people in our workforce are just not equipped with these skills like we just discussed. What are some things that you feel like our workforce could really aspire to build a career in this? Like, how can they be of an asset? So uh, definitely, I mean, it is a buzzword today. And as I kind of you know mentioned early on, there is definitely a scarcity for these skills. 
but in my view, see, there are two types of AI skills which we need in organizations. So one is a competency which can build these solutions and another competency which can apply these, right? So I kind of mentioned early on, so we don't want to do AI for AI, right? So you need people who understand the business problem and know how AI can help them. And then you need a team which can actually build it for them, right? So though it is probably not very easy to build the skills around developing these technologies, because these are like, you know, latest technologies, you need to be really good at technical stuff, you know, be it programming, architecture and stuff like that. So not sure if everybody in the organization can like, you know, learn these skills quickly and kind of willing to go back to the programming world from what they are doing today. So instead, what majority of the organization can do still is increase the awareness of what these technologies can do, meaning, you know, where they can apply to increase productivity, efficiency, you know, employee experience, customer satisfaction, revenue, whatever else within what they do today. And these are things which they can develop by, you know, simple as like staying curious of what's happening in this space. Secondly, kind of watching out you know, the, the recent trends and stuff like that. And also there are like many courses available today, especially for managerial category, the executive category, even for people from different, you know, other technology background. So today, you know, they can watch videos on YouTube, they can participate in various hackathons. There are even idea thons, you know, which you can participate. So I think in my view, staying curious and always looking for opportunities to apply artificial intelligence is one way majority of the organization can build their skills. But on the technical side, there are probably you no know, more tailored courses which they can pursue and maybe Saket is well positioned to answer how to build the technical skills. So I would request him to take a stab at it, please, Saket. Yeah, so, you know, first thing, probably the people or the, you know, engineer has to realize that when we talk about AI and when we especially talk about building a solution using AI and put it to the production, the data science, which is obviously the most talked about skill, is not the only skill that we need. And probably there is a lot many other things that goes into building a successful AI product and put into the production. So, you know, just when we, you want to be participating into this fantastic journey, there are many other skill set that comes into the picture beyond just the data science of machine learning. Examples are chatbot, RPA, MLOps, cloud engineering, even full stack developers, and so on. First, that realization itself that you just don't need to be data scientist or machine learning group to be part of AI journey is very important because then you will be able to identify what kind of a skill works for you. Second, I think there is a, you know, in today's world, in last eight to 10 years, I guess, there is a huge amount of content available online, mostly free or on very small charges, a wonderful content, uh, which helps you to master probably any technology, including AI. So person has to be self-motivated to make use of many of those content. And third, there is no replacement of doing things. So the best will be to find out opportunity where you can actually apply your learning and just get going. And uh, you know, uh, probably working in a good team where you have a good mentor 
available uh, will be the most important to make your journey successful. I could not agree more. I think the fact that we live in such a digital world, we have the tools to be such an asset to the space. And I mean, just getting comfortable with growing and learning. And like you said, it was kind of a, a breath of fresh air socket when you said like, you don't have to be, you know, this AI whiz to have a career in AI. You can find the branch that works for you where your skills are really gonna be applied. So far, we've spoken about building AI competency within our organization. We've also spoken about the great work opportunities that Shine Electric has to offer and some of the projects that we're working on, especially that how our AI roadmap is really deeply entrenched in our organization from various parts of the customer journey to then helping us in growing beyond just traditional sectors within engineering. But I would love for you to really shed light on how Schneider Electric as an organization, especially from the perspective of a young graduate or someone who's looking to transition into tech, would evaluate us as an organization, as an employer, and what are some of the other factors that they could speculate on? Could you maybe brief us on why Schneider Electric is a great place to work, especially for people looking to enter into tech? Saket, why don't you start since you mentioned that hard skills are not just the only skills that you would need to work with AI? Sure. So I think there are two aspects that any young engineer is going to look into. One is the sheer opportunity to learn and master the technology, uh, master any technology, whichever the person is working. And if I just think about AI Hub, there is going to be ample opportunity. We have a fantastic uh, set of use cases and lined up for us. We have a great vision. We have a good funding and we have a scale of a global organization problem of our own not working for a third party problem in the service model so those combination allows a person to get a fantastic opportunity to learn and master technology and you know my engineer side of the brain says that you know i can probably discount everything else for that one thing if i really want to grow in my technology competency but beyond that, if you just look from the organization perspective, the other important aspect comes into the picture is softer aspect of the organization, how meaningful work is, etc. And in that way also, I think Snyder is a great place to work. Sustainability is the core aspect for us, which is obviously a very, very meaningful in today's world with global warming and so on. For example, we are working on use cases which basically focuses on reducing the CO2 footprint in energy generation. We are trying to make the grids more efficient and so on. So I think it's a great combination of a place where we have meaningful work, the work which actually impacts society very, very positively, as well as a great place to build the technology competency and the career in the technology space. Yeah, and, and uh, if I need to add to that, Tanya, I mean, see, Schneider Electric is, I don't know how many of the people outside world know, it is one of the Fortune 500 company for a reason, right? And then another great thing about this company for a great career is it's a very purpose-driven company. I mean, today our purpose is to create a sustainable planet, you know, through industry automation and uh, optimized energy management, right? So that's itself is a great reason why would someone 
need to be part of an organization like this. And thirdly, you know, we are leaders in industry automation and energy management, right, which is very, very futuristic. So if you are, let's say, looking for an international career next one, two decades, I think this is the place because it's all going to be automation and energy management, uh, at least, you know, a major sector of uh, businesses in the coming one, two decades. And also, so in my view, I think Schneider really gives that global work environment. You know, look at all of us. We have hubs in the four different parts of the world. So we work with different parts of businesses across the world. So I think it, it, it's a great experience. And you know, if really someone wants to build a long-term career, not just looking at a job, I think this is a great place. As Saket also mentioned, many top consulting firms today look at as a you know customer they want to be part of and they want to solve our problems and imagine you know somebody in Schneider Electric solving those problems with a lot more ownership right and also a lot more impact which they can create so holistically if you look at I think it's a great company and I've been here for a while and I really like it here and having worked in various other companies I think this is more like a home for us right I mean really something we all enjoy being part of Schneider Electric I love that bit about how, you know, there's a lot of meaningful work around the organization. And since you've both been at Schneider for such a long time, it's also really refreshing to see that as a young person myself. Joining Schneider, a huge part of that decision was our work within the sustainability space for me, which was a huge incentive. And moreover, the focus on early career talent, because at Schneider, from what I've heard, is that we have a global student experience, which is a program that we run each year from June to August, where students can actually sign up to get access to some of the learning topics that we spoke about within the digital and sustainability space. And they can also look at a number of opportunities within the organization where they can, you know, sort of expand their skill set and put that learning to use. Correct. I think one of my biggest takeaways was, I think Madhu touched on it, was just to be willing to grow and enhance your skills. And sometimes that means you're going to have to apply your skills before you can truly feel proficient. And this is meaningful global work. So I loved that. And I really appreciate this conversation today, Mo. And what what was your biggest takeaway? I think, you know, we are much more than a traditional engineering company where we focus on keeping up with the trends and leverage new technologies to solve daily problems. So I would like to thank Saket and Madhu for, uh, you know, being on this podcast today. And it was very interesting to learn about a lot of things what they said. And, you know, after listening to them, I might just reconsider my career in tech. Maybe maybe it's a possibility. So thank you so much. And it was very interesting to learn about how India is rapidly becoming a hotspot for tech talent. So Madhu and Sake, thank you so much for doing so this. So Moin, uh, let me also correct you. I mean, uh, while we are a traditional company because of for 150 years, we are more mm-hmm. futuristic company, I think, you know. Yeah, you know, I think mm-hmm. this is a perception uh, people have, but we are a lot more futuristic than any other digital company in the world. Yeah, that's great. All right, so it's a pleasure. Thank you all. Yeah, thank you. That concludes our very first episode of Own Your Career, Own Your Future podcast. I hope that you've learned something new and interesting today. I know that I certainly have. If you would like to stay up to date with our latest episodes, which I know you want to, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 
We look so forward to you joining us for the next episode. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Own Your Career, Own Your Future podcast. Be sure to head over to the Schneider Electric Careers page at se.com careers to check out our open opportunities and sign up to join our talent community to receive exclusive invitations to events, career tips and company updates. Visit our Schneider Electric blog at blog.se.com to read employees' stories and learn about a variety of career paths. Last but not least, remember to follow and subscribe to the show in Apple Podcast, Google Podcast and Spotify to listen to all the available episodes. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. The information, statements, views and opinions should not be construed as the provision of advice by Schneider Electric or as an offer to buy or sell any products or services or to make or consider any investment or course of action.